Hey everyone, welcome to DarkCast Interviews. I'm your host, Jonathan Miley. GCI is a long-form interview podcast where we talk to game creators about who they are and their work behind the scenes, as well as, obviously, their recent or upcoming video games. In this episode, I'm joined by Alan Kessinger from DarkStation as we talk with Sam Barham from Balancing Monkey Games about his upcoming game, Before We Leave, a real-time, non-violent, city-building game inspired by the likes of Settlers and Anno. For more information about the game, check out the links below in the description on YouTube or in the show notes for this episode on DarkStation.com. There you can also find the original DarkCast as well as other video game reviews, previews, and features. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at DarkStation underscore com, find us on Facebook, check us out on YouTube, and email us at podcast at DarkStation.com. As always, thank you so much for listening. Now on with the show. And welcome back to Darkcast Interviews. I'm Jonathan Miley. Joining me today uh, as a co-host on the Darkcast Interviews for the first time in a long time um, that I've had a co-host, first time ever for Mr. Alan Alan Kessinger. Hey, Alan. Hello. I will be. I will happily be your Ed McMahon. Ooh, I've never. I've, well, I have had an Ed McMahon before. It's been a long time. <laughs> I was about to say I haven't, but uh, Brian would be would be sad. That's true. That. That's true. Um, yeah. So anyway. Uh, it's not just us talking today. We are talking to, and I I do this literally like every single episode. I have somebody's name written down, and usually the first name is very easy, and it's the last name that you know I just want to make sure I don't mispronounce. So I get to this point where I'm about to introduce the person I'm interviewing, and I go, wait a minute, how do I say your name? But Sam, welcome to the show, and how do you say your last name? <laughs> I say Barham. Okay, yeah. So it's it's not confusing, but you know, you you, you just never know. You yeah. never know. <laughs> I never know anyway. Um but anyway, it's the sort to of the thing show. that if you get it wrong, everyone's terribly insulted. Right. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's 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 very true. That's very true. But uh <laughs> Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. How are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. Fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. Um, so obviously we are here to talk about your, your new game, uh, which is, is coming out very soon, uh, May 8th. And um, Alan is actually doing the review for it. That is why he is here. Uh, mm-hmm. But before we get into the game itself, uh, I want to get to know you a little bit. Um, who are you and, and what do you do at Balancing Monkey Games? Which, fantastic name for a studio, by the way. It is. It really is. <laughs> Uh, so I'm from New Zealand, which is the best place to live in the world, um, obviously. And I've been a software developer for like 20 years, um, and just started making before we leave uh, a couple of years ago as a hobby, and then got to turn it into a full-time thing uh, at the end of 2018, I guess. Um, I'm married. I have three kids. They're teenagers, so they're handling lockdown better than they could, <laughs> <laughs> which is very nice. That is nice. That is very nice. Yeah. 
Uh, how how is everything going? Uh, I guess with with your family, and then also just at large in New Zealand with um, the the lockdown, the the pandemic. Everybody healthy? Everybody good? Yeah, it seems to be going like the the numbers are all going down, and okay. you know all that sort of thing. So the lockdown is working. That's, That's pretty good. cool. That's good, good. Yeah. yeah, we're we're not doing enough testing here to know if numbers are going down or up or sideways. Who who knows? Who knows? I did just read an article uh, that said that maybe um, basically all of Trump's elderly supporters will be dead by the time it's time to vote for him. So they won't be there, which that's not that's not worth it. That's not good. But that could be a silver lining. But those those are the sort of articles we get here in the States. During yeah, the pandemic. yeah th- those 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 are the articles that we get in the United States of America when there's a pandemic. Um I I really hope we never get invaded by aliens because Independence Day is definitely not happening. Um, yeah. But uh, well, of any, course, because Bill anyway, Pullman's not president. So well, yeah, anyway, obviously. anyway, yeah. And yeah, and we don't have Jeff Goldblum as a scientist or uh, Will Smith no, as an ace. We're all, we're all doomed yeah. if we don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um. So, are you developing the game by yourself? Um. It's one of those questions. I'm never quite sure how to answer it. Um, Are no, you a one-man studio? I, I'm technically I'm a one-man studio. Okay. I'm the only person employed by the studio. Gotcha. Um, but I've got contractors yeah, um, for okay. music and sound and art and sure. um, PR. And end of last year, I brought in a second programmer as a contractor, um, who's been enormously helpful. Okay. So yeah, people. That is that is always kind of a confusing thing. I, I feel like I only know of like maybe one or two games that are truly like one person projects. Right. Um, yeah. But um, you have to be so multi talented; it's just nuts. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I mean, you have to be talented anyway just to make video games. I, that's one of the reasons I love doing the show is just getting to know people that make the magic that I then get to to play. Um, For sure, yeah. But <laughs> um, but yeah, no. To to do all of it is just beyond mind-boggling um yeah. but, uh, so um so how long have you been working on the game i started it as a hobby january 2018 okay. so a bit over two years that's that's not too long for a like basically a one-man uh project that's kind of crazy um when did you actually uh, i know you already said it but when when were you able to get going full steam and, and kind of make this your actual uh, right so that that was december 2018 okay gotcha so the end of the same year fantastic that, that is awesome what allowed you to actually do that was it just money that you had saved up did you have friends that were independently rich or what how, how um, did that go about not quite um so i i actually entered my game it was discord before then um into a competition at the nz gdc called kiwi game starter which is designed to like help out people that are just you know starting out making their first game kind of thing gotcha. uh, and i didn't win the competition um but i was through that noticed by another new zealand game maker who was you know he'd, he'd made a really successful game and was keen to kind of pay it forward um so he contacted me and said hey do you want to have a conversation about some money and i thought he was like you know i'll give you a couple of thousand dollars to help out with a few art assets for your wee game or whatever but no it was funding to work on it full time for a year and hire an artist and all the rest of it wow so, so it was that was just stupendously spectacular yeah that is that is that's fantastic <laughs> great stroke of luck right there 
Yeah, Very. That's, that's awesome. Um, hmm. So I, I assume uh, going with Epic Game Store uh, because, you know, Epic Game Store actually you know, pays you money. Um, you, know, you, you get a greater sum from each sale of the game uh, versus the other online stores. Yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I, I, I mean, it was it was the 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 conversation boiled down to this is my first game. I don't know how it's going to do. Sure. Going with Epic gave me a certainty. I knew it was going to do from my point of view well enough that I could keep doing this. Awesome. Fantastic. So, uh, what was life like before um, December 2018? Oh, man, I've worked in all sorts of things. Um, so, my first job was running a motion capture system for an animated kids' TV show. Um, oh, wow. Rather disturbingly called Squirt. Uh, <laughs> then I worked on computer graphics for live sports events for cricket. Um, spent nearly or most of a decade working as a DevOps architect. Um, spent a couple of years working in games like a decade ago, um, just before the global financial crash, but that kind of killed the company. So that ended abruptly. Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah, you've kind of cultivated a, a great technical background. Yeah. Yeah. That's I awesome. think that's why I was able to do this is, you know, I've, I've, I've done coding and under pressure, I've done coding on all kinds of different situations. So I was able to, you know, keep that discipline of the, the office jobs and everything as I've worked and came into working for myself. Sure. That's have awesome. you, have you worked for yourself before? No, nope. I was terrified of what it was going to be like. <laughs> I'm, I'm always terrified by, by that idea. Yeah. I am, I'm awful at uh, doing things inspired by myself without some sort of deadline from somebody um so what yeah. what was it like kind of transitioning to to working for yourself and then also uh working from home with with kids at home and and a wife and and all that around you um it actually it worked out possibly just like the funding i got as well as it possibly could have um so, you know, there was a, a room out the back of our house that was just used for storing books and stuff that I could clear a corner of. Um, and my kids are old enough that they don't need me to be there, you know, as soon as they get home from school or anything. Um, and actually, my, my wife's parents live upstairs from us. Um, we all moved in together um, a while ago. And so, you know, even when we need it, we've got babysitters on tap kind of thing and so yeah it worked out pretty well and i'm an introvert so i'm perfectly happy on my own <laughs> <this week. laughs> uh well fantastic well um obviously we're, we're here to talk about uh before we leave uh upcoming strategy game uh that you've got coming out like i said in may yep. uh if you could start off by just kind of giving the the high level explanation like what what is this game Cool. Uh, so it's a city building uh, game. Um, the most obvious, uh, what do you call them, influences um, are probably the Settlers games and the Anno series. They're kind of the, the two that I drew from when I was designing it. Um, it is mostly non-violent. Um, so there's no weapons, no other tribes to fight, um, no war, anything like that. Um, the, only, the only source of violence is you will encounter some sort of 
guardians of various islands that you colonize that you need to do the right thing in order to handle. And occasionally giant space whales come along and strip off a piece of your planet and eat it. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. I thought yeah. as as they as they do. Yes, yeah. as they do. Yeah. Um, and the the I mean the, the basic premise of the game is there was a terrible disaster in the past and your the people went and hid in underground shelters and you start the game with your people starting to emerge from the one remaining shelter to rebuild the world so it's kind of post-apocalyptic but it's it's more sort of post-post-apocalyptic so there's no terrifying mutants and horrible disease everything it's all kind of swept clean and re, you know the wilderness has regrown and all that kind of thing it's uh, in my experience, it's been a very pleasant post-apocalypse. <laughs> mm, exactly. Yeah. I, I wasn't going for nasty. I was going for just kind of peaceful and nice. Yeah. And that's, that's, and that's really nice. I mean, you know, in, in this day and age, you know, with the pandemic going on, sure. But just um, in general, I think that is such a nice direction to take it because everybody associates um the post a post-apocalyptic setting with either fallout or mad max you know you yeah. don't get much of where you know nature has taken over um it's kind of taking it back uh you know we're, we're seeing this right now with you know the the ocean has ocean water has never been bluer and you know the smog over la has disappeared so it's it's been really nice and in in a weird way too for me it's been very calming um, because it's, it's, you know, you're not blasting, like, again, it, it's not Mad Max. You're not blasting any metal music for the soundtrack. It's just a very sort of pleasant, um, a, a pleasant gaming experience. I mean, I mean, just because it's the post post apocalypse doesn't mean we can't blast metal music, Alan. That's, <laughs> you know, like that, that's kind of genre ist. We'll, right we'll get, uh, we'll, no, we'll get some nature uh, metal going. <laughs> some, get some folk like metal. I was gonna say like some Celtic, uh, folk Celtic. There you go. Metal. Yeah, yeah. Um, there you go. <laughs> that'll, that'll, that'll work. Dude, my um, my son is my oldest son has gotten right into his metal music. Um, nice. <laughs> I particularly like uh, Mongolian folk metal. I've just it, discovered that, and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, the the who. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. Okay. Um. Okay, so post post apocalypse that means the uh you know bombs have already fallen a long time ago. Uh Megaton was destroyed thousands of years ago. Alo defeated the robot dinosaurs also thousands of years ago and and now we're reemerging uh to rebuild society. So yep. you mentioned um Anno and Settlers. Uh when I first saw it, I, I guess probably because of the hex pattern. My first thought was uh, the civilization games, but obviously, you know, you've got a homicidal Gandhi in that, uh, which you don't have here uh, because there's no, except for the space whales eating planets, there's no violence. Um, <laughs> so uh, how, how does it kind of differ from, uh, I guess, your, your general um, strategy city building kind of game? What, I guess, what are some of the main differences she could talk about um i mean the, the first obvious main difference that we've already talked about is the non-violence i mean it's this is not a genre given to extremes of violence obviously um 
and but you know as, as much as i enjoy these sorts of games it's always sort of like i just go oh i can't be bothered as soon as it gets to the now you need to fight your neighbors and take over the territory and, mm-hmm. um so there's that um obviously there's the spherical hex-based planets which do have pentagons because people are going to ask yes they have pentagons um i get asked that question all the time <laughs> all the maths nerds come out and say where are the pentagons but anyway um so yeah, there's there's that, um, and so you you wind up travelling to um, multiple planets within a solar system. Um, so it expands out beyond the one planet, which is kind of cool. Um, and also, I guess the other thing is just the aesthetic. So it's you know it's it's not because your people are re-emerging from the shelter, having basically forgotten everything. They start over with wooden huts and potatoes. Um, and even though you wind up sort of, you know, exploring the secrets of the bygone um, civilization and relearning how to remake all their advanced technology, in some ways the aesthetic doesn't move past that. So it's like they're still building wooden houses, even when they're also building rocket ships and giant planetary shields and stuff. Um, you know, if it works, yeah. you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's definitely the thing that caught my attention was there's there's a wonderful charm to the look uh, of the game. My favorite detail being that the people um, in the game are kind of represented at these like little wooden peg like toy figures. And just to kind of see them like, you know, run along the roads uh, that I that I make and like carrying the different resources to and from areas. It's just very charming. And um, like what really makes me happy is if I, you know, I'm I'm going over going over my little town, just making sure everybody's doing their thing. And every once in a while, I'll see like these faint little white icons kind of floating above one of the huts. And when I scroll in. Uh, those no, those little um, dots are music notes, and they're basically having a party, and they're playing like music, and they're just having they're just having a great time in their house with their new potatoes and and their new veggies, and the, and you know they're making tea from the from the tea that I've that we invented. It's it's just everything about it is absolutely charming. Thank you. It's <laughs> cool to hear. Yeah, and um, you know it's and again it's such a it's such a fun departure from. I mean, you know, a game like Civ isn't so overly violent, but the fact that I don't necessarily have to worry about it and I can just concentrate on making these little people happy because it breaks my heart when I see the little sad face and I'm like, oh no, what do I need to do? Be happy, be happy. I'm sorry, be happy. <laughs> but yeah, no, there's there's a definite charm that comes that like the, the game emits like from the very moment you start it that, yeah, it's it's awesome. It's great. The, the, the little peeps, um, the models for them. Peeps. Li- literally, it came about because I was like, oh, I don't know how to do animation. And I don't <laughs> pay an artist to make like animated things. So let's just have little sort of peak people. <laughs> <laughs> and it totally works. <laughs> uh, using limitations to create uh, strengths. That's what, yes. yeah, that's what it's all about. Um, so as, as far as like expanding out uh, within the, the first world that you're on, and further than that, are there other groups of people that you're going to interact with, and how does that work? And can you can you interact with the space whales? How how do the space whales play into things? Unless it's a right. spoiler. <laughs> uh, so there's there's no other people. 
um, the people that you start with and then generate through your um, creating more houses and schools and stuff is it. Um, the only things that you interact with are sort of leftover robotic bits from the ancient civilization, um, which your peeps kind of reinterpret as ancient myths. Um, so like there's you know a great big scary looking um, ro loading robot and it's kind of got big horns and stuff, so people think of it as a minotaur and run away from it, um, things like that. Um, and But that's that's kind of, you know, apart from the space whales, that's the only thing that's not directly under your control. Um, and then the space whales, basically they turn up randomly and they strip off a piece of your planet and eat it, which may or may not contain buildings mm -hmm. um, and people. And you've got various late game buildings that allow you to um, either feed them so they don't bug you or defend your planet with a shield so they can't get at it. Um, and then the sort of the very end game, I'm not going to spoil, but it involves working with them basically. Ooh, excellent. Um, so I guess what what is the, the progression of the game then? If, if you're not... Uh, besides just, you know, expansion and getting better technology and, you know, spaceships and, and better stuff for your people. Um, <clears throat> I guess what is the, uh, is there, there anything that you're coming up against? What's the, I don't want to say antagonist, that's not quite right. No, that, that, that's it. Okay. No, so um, literally, I guess you could say that your antagonist is unhappiness. Um, one of the the sort of the central challenge of the game and the thing that's taken a lot of work to try and balance and is is your people get unhappy if there's you know if there's too many of them and they're overcrowded or if the places they're working are you know they're working hard or if there's some buildings produce pollution and if they have to walk through pollution it makes them sad mm -hmm. um so the central drive of the game apart from you know um handling the the guardians and the whales so that they don't um, become a problem is keeping everything balanced and learning the new things that you need to learn in order to keep keeping your people happy as you expand and grow. Um, but I mean, it, it's deliberately, you know, as we've talked about, it's deliberately a calm, peaceful, chill out kind of game. So there's no kind of big overarching challenge that you defeat or anything like that. It's just kind of, you know, chill out, make a village, go, oh, look, that's interesting, and make some more, <laughs> and make them bigger. Awesome. Um, it kind of it sounds kind of like uh, Animal Crossing in space. Then that's, that's the vibe <laughs> that I'm getting. <laughs> Is there anybody that gives you a loan or anything to to start, <laughs> to start civilization? Um, no, I've, I've never played Animal Crossing, but I've been reading some of people's tweets. And I, stuff I haven't either. So uh, I think Alan just got into it. But... Yeah, so I'll, I'll be the one who makes the joke that nobody gets. Um, yeah, it turns out one of the space whales is actually a giant KK slider that you're trying to bring in and have them perform a concert. The people who are playing Animal Crossing will totally get that and love it. They'll, they'll yeah. die laughing. <laughs> uh, we'll yeah. get, give well, them some well, space to laugh and, and then we'll, we'll move yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, pause for laughter. Yeah. <laughs> um, fantastic. So, so what's, uh, I guess, some of the stuff that you can build in the game? Obviously, you've got your little wooden huts. You're... Yeah. Uh, making potatoes. Hopefully, you can get some other food beyond that. Um, but uh, what? Obviously, I don't expect you to go into the entire progression of the the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, game. Um, but what are, what are, what are some, some of your highlights? Favorites? Yeah. 
Um, oh, my favorite building is the elevator. Um, so as you can see from screenshots, there's sort of two levels of the each island. Mm -hmm. And to get up onto the higher levels, you have to build elevators. And I just love the way they just kind of go up and down with your little peeps carrying them up and down. I could watch that all day. Yep. <laughs> um, and then you've sort of got your, your standard resource generation stuff. So you, you start out um, mining for stone and iron and um, generating tools and iron smelters and all that sort of thing. Um, and then you move on to other biomes. So there's like desert islands and snow islands and have to make like clothes for your peeps and new kinds of food to keep them happy. Um, and then, you know, you, you progress on to um, making glass and steel. Um, and then further on into the game, um, what are some of the cool things you build? Uh, you build some museums, you build um, like solar panels and wind generators and bakeries and windmills and stuff. Um, all the sort of, I mean, apart from the fact that there's kind of this future stuff mixed in, it's kind of your standard medieval um, city building kind of progression of the things you'd expect to build. Mm -hmm. Did um, did you write all of the flavor text in the game, or? Yes, yeah, so, so we brought in a writer recently, mm -hmm. um, and mostly she's been writing a backstory for the game because, mm -hmm. um, like, I knew I knew what happened in the sort of the very vague sense, but I didn't have a like a written down. This is oh, okay. what actually happened that led up to things. Um, mm -hmm. So we've been releasing that on our Discord server as chapters, um, and then she's actually being taken taking people's thoughts and feedback into account and rewriting later chapters to, or, you know, writing them as we go, and right. to kind of steer the game, the backstory of the game as people have given us their ideas. Awesome. Um, and some of the flavor text that pops up, um, the, the discovery things, um, mm -hmm. it's not in the game just yet, but she's been writing those. So the sort of the more of the, the backstory-ish things cool. a little. Cool. There's um, there's one that stands out, and I laugh every time I see it. It's um, when you're working across um, the technology, uh, different technologies you can research. When you get to kitchens, there's a line about, you know, oh, they can make smoothies now. And and again, it just it just makes the whole thing just so wonderfully charming. That here here's this kind of you know the society that's building itself uh, back up from from nothing. And, um, but they're like, Hey, we can make smoothies now. And it makes, and it adds to their happiness. And it's just, yeah, I love it. <laughs> nice. I, um, I definitely have a dead sense of humor. So there's some pretty <laughs> random and left field kind of things in their own places. Awesome. <laughs> um, do you get to find out about kind of what happened, uh, with the apocalypse or is it more about kind of the, the future of society? Uh, in game, it's kind of hinted at in what you see, but there's no text telling you what happens. Mm. Uh, if you want to find out what happened, then go to the Discord server and read the story, the backstory. Um, yeah, got sort of plans ongoing for that, but um, nothing to announce cool. yet, of course. Gotcha. Cool. I, I assume that since it's it's the game is really about making your peeps happy and kind of expanding expansion and prosperity there's not any sort mm. of multiplayer or anything like that that doesn't sound like it would quite no. fit yeah. no. is there a fail state though can you lose 
There are states where you can block yourself. Um, like you can get to the point where it's like, oh, I can't do anything <laughs> because I didn't build the right things and now I'm stuffed. Yeah, I can. You can I get can, out uh... of those by demolishing <laughs> buildings, though. So, you know, if you built the wrong things, you can go, right, I'll just tear everything down and rebuild the things I needed. Um, and we're, we're doing our best to make it so that you can't get into those states. Um, and you could potentially have a state where, like, a whale eats such a large chunk of your main planet that you're like, stuff this, I'm starting again. Um, <laughs> but there's no actual game over, you lose state. I feel I could feel that question. <laughs> there, there's definitely. I, it's where I should be. I should be better, um, but like I have a tendency to go to these games and just get real excited about building my civilization and and doing all sorts of things. And I'm like, oh, uh oh, um, I've accidentally leveled the entire forest and now I don't have resources. Uh, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. This is that's I I get I've I've always wanted to play and get into games like Civilization uh or the the future versions of Anno always look cool but I don't know they just they stress me out like even just thinking about managing all that stuff just like makes my skin crawl um but uh this this sounds like possibly the answer to that that um I think I hope there's enough of that kind of stuff in there that if that's these games are your jam, you're still going to enjoy it. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's still got that stuff. And certainly, if you're the kind of person who's stressed out by those games, may not be the game for you. Um, but at the same time, it's not as extreme as some of them take it to. Sure. So it is, you know, it is fairly chill still. Okay. Is it is it turn based real time? How do, how does uh, your your movements in the game? Yeah, just real time. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and I guess how granular uh, does it kind of get? Like watching the trailer and stuff, it's it's hard to tell. Like, are you building roads, or do roads appear between the buildings that you build and stuff? Oh, like you that? you you build roads. Okay. Um, so every building has to be next to a road, so you have to build out your road network to stick buildings next to. Gotcha. Um, after it's invented, do you have to go back and like do plumbing and power and all that kind of stuff? No, uh, we don't have we don't have plumbing or power in the game. Um, that was actually something I was like I was wanting to get it in, and I just had we got to the point. It's like, no, this is just too big of a change. We'll leave it till uh, maybe after release, kind of thing. Okay. Uh, sorry. So there, there's there's power technically like you generate power and some of your buildings use power but there's no like power lines to mm-hmm. run through your planets all your peeps just go over and they pick up the power resource from the generators and take it to the building that uses it that's, mm-hmm. just get a fistful <laughs> of electricity and take it back uh, yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good i like it that's... <laughs> um so the uh the, obviously the game's coming out really soon um I assume you're in the, the final stages of getting everything ready to go and passing any yep. certifications that you need to pass and all that kind of stuff. Um, what what has that been like, uh, you know, working with Epic Games and whoever else that you've you've had to work with uh, as far as getting the, the game published? Uh, it's actually been really good. Epic Games have been wonderful to work with. Um people that I've got contacts with and stuff are all really lovely and really helpful. So that's been awesome. Um, 
been pulling some, you know, crunch in this industry is a bad thing, um, and I've definitely been crunching for the last couple of weeks. But that's what, my choice. What does that look at like at home? Um, that's me being in my office for 12 to 16 hours and then emerging with my brain on fire, kind of go, oh, I need to go to bed. <laughs> okay. I don't recommend it, but uh, it'll get me there. So what's, what's in store for you after the game is out? Is it a, is it a nice break? Is it what, uh, what are your plans for post-match, oh. I guess? People that know tell me that it's even more busy after release than before. Because um, you I'm not, I'm not no. telling you what you're actually going to do, or I'm not asking you yeah. what you're actually going to do. I'm asking what are your plans. <laughs> oh. um, honestly, my plans are basically just to keep doing what I'm doing. Maybe you know, not quite as many hours um, to support the release and you know make it as successful as we can. Um, and then after that, I mean, long term, you know, work on another game. Um, short term I'm going to take a holiday eventually looking forward to that <laughs> as soon as lockdown is over we've yeah. been we've been planning like a family road trip for this summer oh, nice. um, winter for you guys um, December or January or something um, which yeah, may or may not happen depending on the situation <laughs> the tree, but yeah very cool sounds good sounds good yeah. well Alan any other questions about the game itself no, no, it's just, uh, again, I think what uh, will catch everybody's attention, I think, um, is just that there's a real nice sensibility and charm to it. It's a it's a non-traditional kind of apocalyptic setting. And um, I really didn't think much of it first, but um, the kind of globe presentation is uh, really neat and really unique. I've never really seen... Uh, any sort of like uh, a- anything like that before. And it's definitely a unique take on um, a game map and like the whole f- fog of war, you know, uh, areas you can't see until you kind of explore the- those sections. So it- it's, it's, it's got a, it's got a really lovely look to it that I think a lot of people will, will get into. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice. All right, well, now we get to go on to uh, my favorite part of the show, which is the end game. Um, I told you what the first question was before we got started, uh, but these are more yeah. personal questions. Um, you know, they're, they're just for fun, but uh, they, they usually are fun. The first one is simple, but not always easy, and that is, who is your favorite video game character? This can be protagonist, antagonist, sidekick. It could be a faction from a, a strategy game, uh, whatever the case may be. But... Cool. Morden Solus from um, Mass Effect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Any anytime somebody mentions anything from Mass Effect, really, uh, besides, um, I don't know, maybe Caden, uh, it's <laughs> it's always good. So yeah. that's that's excellent. Morden's great. Yeah. Uh, it's the only person that sings in that game, and that is a shame. Mm-hmm. We need yeah, like a, what I was thinking of. We need a musical <laughs> version of Mass Effect. Oh. oh, I want that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, so uh, next question. If you could replay any video game for the first time and get that new experience again, you don't have to worry about it aging um, or anything like that. You just get to have that new experience again. What would you like to replay? Oh, that's easy. Um, either Mass Effect or Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Mm. 
I, Jonathan, I, have... I think you found your you found your new best friend. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> literally, I mean, maybe it was just the place I was in at the time, but literally, the only game that's made me cry was the end of Hellblade. Oh wow, <laughs> nice. I I have played Hellblade for the first time probably seven or eight times now. I usually get about an hour into the game, and then I get distracted by something else that's shiny because I'm <laughs> very ADD sometimes. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Mass Effect has always been, not always, but I don't know, for over a decade, it's been my my game that I would replay. Um, <laughs> it's, I don't know, experiencing that world for the first time. It's so good. Anyway, okay. Uh, what is a blind spot that you have in video games? And this, this is, um, can be anything. Something that you haven't played. It can be a, a particular game or a franchise, but you feel like you, you need to. Oh, um, I feel like there's a really good answer just out of reach. Um, I can't play first person. I can't even be in the same room as people playing first person games anymore because I get motion sick, which is really annoying. Yeah. Um, so what, what was the last first person game that you played then? I managed to play. I managed to play the new Deus Ex games. Okay. Um, they weren't too bad for some reason. It's probably the last one though. Which so um, I do miss playing some of them. Sure, sure. Those sorts of things. Absolutely. Um, okay. So, in anything first person, really, in the past like five years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I once got motion sick hearing Doom being played. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Deus Ex is definitely a lot slower paced than than Doom. Um, <laughs> oh, don't don't try the the VR Doom. I oh. I recommend then. <laughs> that would be fairly intense, I imagine. Yeah. That's been the only VR game that made me really sick. <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't sound fun. I don't. I I I don't know the the VR games that try to replicate normal video game experiences that don't really appeal to me. I don't, I don't know why it is. I don't, I don't know. VR feels different, but anyway, anyway. Um, okay. So moving on from, from the blind spot, um, what is a, a good trend in video games that you would like to see more of? And this can be anything from a, 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 type of game elements or something that a studio is doing or I mean it can it can literally be anything uh, in mm. games out of games or within games um, I really like seeing the increased focus and conversation on the culture of crunch mm. um, and I've also really liked the last you know ages and ages the whole indie thing of just getting more strange little games exploring more and more even you know more and more corners of the whole human experience sure. um, it's been amazing to see that that expansion yeah i feel like i feel like i hear more and more people complain about like the triple a sphere not being what it used to be because i mean you go back 10 15 20 years the AAA, you know, studios that we know today were the indie studios back then. And so mm. people have these fond memories of these games that they played when they were kids or whatever. And now everything, 
not everything, but so many things feel so sterile and polished and kind of soulless. And mm-hmm. they they talk about, you know, those games not being what they want. And it's like, well, like your argument's taken out from under you because there's so many indie games. If there's something you want, somebody mm-hmm. somewhere has probably made oh, yeah. it. Like it <laughs> might not totally. be very good, but it's it's out there. <laughs> yeah. Um any uh any in particular uh kind of indie darlings out there that you've you've recently played and loved? Um you're making me think. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> well, obviously Hellblade, that's kinda indie. Um what's the one where you're like it's a it's a Metroidvania and you're in the land of bugs? Um uh, Hollow Knight. Yes. Really enjoyed that. Um Played the moving out demo with my kids. That was awesome fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we tried to play uh, what's Overcooked, but that was just too stressful. That would, <laughs> yes, that would, yes, that would it is. Familial relationships. Yep. Um, <laughs> moving out seems like much more, you know, much more at speed. Very nice. Okay, well, flipping the uh, that uh, question on its head, uh, what are bad trends in or bad tropes? in the industry that you would like to see either be lessened or just go away entirely. And you can't say microtransactions or loot boxes. I'm tired <laughs> of that one. Going so. to. <laughs> um, I mean, as, as much as I don't kind of have a problem with it, the tendency towards game for games to use violence for everything, it would be nice to have less of that. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, like I, I play violent games, I have no problem with them. But since I started making a non-violent game, I find myself going, actually, did you really need that scene um, a bit? So, yeah. Okay. I Yeah, I've kind of found my find myself in a similar boat lately. It's it's uh, again, years spent playing that stuff. But there's uh, there's now have been situations where it's like, eh, I really could have done without that. <laughs> Maybe we're just getting old. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's just, it's been, that's been the thing in video games for so long because if you're going to, if it's going to be a game, um, then you there has to be some form of competition somewhere, yeah. even if it's very esoteric. Like, competition, there, there's got to be some sort of struggle against something. And, I mean, I, it, you know, even in this game, it's basically the unhappiness of, uh, yeah. your citizens, but there has to be something that you're kind of fighting against and the easiest form of conflict. Cause I mean, literally every story has to have conflict, um, that goes to like writing one-on-one. Um, mm-hmm. but I feel like violence is the most obvious and easy to portray form of conflict. And it's just, it's just everywhere. There, there's like every game, um, kind of defaults to that and Mm. i feel like we're i don't know people have talked about video games being in their infancy uh for a long time to the point that you would think that video games aren't in their infancy but honestly i feel like until we have a a solid balance of like non-violent games versus violent games we're not going to be out of that infancy because that's almost the the violence is almost like the pacifier in, in a way mm. for a baby mm-hmm. um, and there's, there's lots of people doing things that aren't violence or at least don't use violence as the the sort of the focus mm-hmm. um, 
but it's kind of more about getting that into the mainstream, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Any other? Uh, well, I guess first, um, in making the game, were there were there any points where I don't know your default tendency, or you you felt like maybe you should add conflict or violence in this area, and you needed to find like a workaround for that, or uh, did it just all seem to kind of, I guess, I don't know, work? I, th- I think, I mean, there were times when I was concerned the game wouldn't be fun because it didn't have any direct conflict. Mm. Um, but I was never sort of tempted to put it in as a way to solve an issue or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Very nice. cool. mm-hmm. um, what are some, I guess, non-violent games that you've played recently? Because um, obviously, uh, Overcooked is not non-violent. Uh, the violence <laughs> exists it, in reality, it can, but it can it's... get violent, though. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. No, it, that, no, that's the violence exists in real life with with Overcooked. Um... Um, I'm going to struggle to think of any. You know, mm-hmm. I don't play as many games as I'd like to because um, sure. I've got a game to finish. <laughs> Okay. Well, I guess uh, is is there anything that's come out recently that is on your your backlog that you you can't wait to play? That maybe I, I guess an example of a nonviolent game. Oh, gosh, you know when you someone asks you a question and you're like, <laughs> if I think about this, or after the interview, I'm going to come up with a wonderful answer. But right now, I'm like, uh, no, my brain has gone completely blank. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. No, that's okay. Um, okay, so second to, to last question, uh, you have done a lot of different things over the past 20 years, and right now you're getting to make video games, which is awesome and fantastic. Uh, if there was any other profession that you could try, though, what would you what would you like it to be? A uh, builder. Okay. okay. I mean, building houses in practice sounds like it sucks, and it's really, really hard work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I love building things. Okay. Um, I love building models. I love building video games. So to be able to drive past a house and go, I made that house. Mm. That would be super cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Very much so. All right, and the uh, the final question: uh, you get to meet Morden Solus, and you get to ask him one question, and he responds. What is your question, and what his response? What is his response? <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Um, it was a hard one right at the end. Um, I'd ask him to sing some more. <laughs> and he happily oh, would. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I just loved visiting him. You know, like I, I ended up the last time I played it getting the thing where he says, actually, I don't want a relationship with you. Because um, that was the one character that we went back and visited every time just to see what he was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, he is the very model of a scientist Solarian, so. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, oh, Sam, man, that it. does it. You you survived the end game and uh, my incessant questions about your game. Thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with us about Before We Leave. Uh, so before we leave, if you could let everybody know when and uh, where they can get their hands on again before we leave. Yeah. So it goes on sale on May 8th, uh, like 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Epic Game Store. Go buy it, because it'll be fun. 
<laughs> Fantastic. Well, you can find links for uh, all that stuff, including the Epic Games Store, in the show notes for this episode. So, Sam, thank you once again. Alan, thank you as well. And until next time, everybody stay safe out there. You too. Thank you very much for your, your time.